Welcome to Confessional. I'm Kayla Shelton, along with Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your darkest. Confess to us. We won't tell. So you can tell us anything. No one's listening. On today's confessional, hashtag movements. All right, everybody, welcome to the confessional. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined today by co host Diana Keating. How are you, Diana? I'm great, Mike. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, what are we discussing today, Diana? Hashtag movements. Hashtag movements. Uh, what's another word for it? Uh, social networking movements, media, social activism. media activism. Yeah. That's what I was looking Hashtag for. Hashtag activism. Yes. Right, right. Slacktivism. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jimmy. Yes. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, dude. That's our producer, Jimmy Seleski, from the Live from the Studio podcast. Yes, Surrey. LFTS podcast on everything. Check us out. Now, Jimmy. Yes. If listeners are crazy enough to want to submit confessions to this show <laughs> where if, can they go if you were to decide to do that for some reason if you, you are that desperate if, <laughs> you got nothing else going on that day if you're at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> as far as <laughs> you need to take yourself to facebook.com slash confessional podcast uh for submissions you can also find us on everything at confessional podcast instagram spotify itunes we're there if you're there all right thank you jimmy Thank you. Now, Diana. Yes. Today, we have a very special guest. Will you please welcome to the show, Adrian. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you. Talk right in the Thank you. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. How's your, uh, are you getting in the holiday spirit, Adrian? No. No? I'm not having holidays this year. Oh, yeah? Yep. Well. I quit America, too. You quit America? <laughs> Did you turn in your uh, social security card? I know, but I do know where it is. I know where all my good stuff is. Yeah, I keep mine very secure. That's that's no matter what happens, I've got my social security card and birth certificate tucked away nicely. Mm -hmm. You know, figure those those are the things you really need. Anyway, Adrian, we are here today to discuss, as you were saying, slacktivism. I didn't say that. (laughs) Who said that? that. I said that. (laughs) Diana said that. Um, I'm not saying I disagree. What, what term do you prefer, Adrian? My for this thing. Um, <laughs> I would say probably social media activism. All right, yeah, yeah, social media activism. Big thing in the last, I don't know, five years, ten years. Yeah, I would say five years at least that it's been uh, weighing right. on me. <laughs> when is when did we become social media? Like when did that become our lives? Maybe like seven years ago or so. Yeah, I think so. When it yeah. became our lives, probably seven years. Yeah. But Remember when the internet was just like, you just go to websites, you know? You didn't have a home base, really. I'm thinking about my MySpace, which I, like, almost uh, crashed because I was just uh, adding all these videos to the home screen that were just <laughs> random from YouTube, and I'm like, can I steal this from this person? And just, you know? Well, let me ask you this. Was your MySpace pimped? Uh, it... 
I was. Uh, you gotta pimp the MySpace, Adrian. Well, I was uh, dying of alcoholism at the time, so reflected well, that. So yes, her <laughs> MySpace was <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we jump right into a confession? Uh, let's see. This one is from Ben Wyckoff, Muscatine, uh, Iowa. Pretty frequent contributor, Jimmy Ben Wyckoff. Uh, the Me Too movement cracked open a bucket of memories I had suppressed. I hadn't been able to sleep more than three to four hours a night for over a decade, and I was unable and prone. I was unstable and prone to violent outbursts. Seeing all those stories helped me recall my own, and supportive people online convinced me to go to therapy. The first unmedicated eight hours of sleep I got was like a breath of fresh air, like finally coming out of a long, dark tunnel of depression. I don't know the far-reaching effects of the movement, but I know it helped me face and overcome some of my own experiences. I'm a better, calmer, and much nicer person now, and my changed demeanor has helped me connect with my daughter and become a happier, more expressive, and kinder person. Wow. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. that it has helped. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I personally it's not think been my experience yeah. at all. <laughs> I personally, for me, the, the Me Too movement, I think... And for a lot of the people that I know, uh-huh. was a very positive movement. Sure, sure. Um, because uh, as women, we're we're socialized to be nice and accept th- everything that happens to us mm. and not put up a fight. Right. And so that sharing on social media of, oh, this happened to me, but I didn't think it was a big deal. Right. And people saying, oh, no, that's bullshit that's messed up you shouldn't put up with that mm-hmm. it kind of empowered us to see where things were not quite right and how the way we were being treated isn't right so mm-hmm. i feel like that kind of empowered people right and and made a safe space for them to talk about yeah uh, yeah what had happened to them and definitely and it does it does feel like the the zeitgeist of our society has changed since then like have you noticed that or no I think so. It does feel like a different world, kind of. Since when? Since the Me Too movement. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, there's been rippling after effects that have fueled people to make uh, counter movements and spin off movements. Sure. Yeah. There's Me Too Deep Space Nine, I believe. (laughs) Uh, Deep Space Nine. There's Me Too on Ice. There's all kinds of (laughs) Me Too versus. Me me Too. I can't believe it's not Me Too. Me Too. Electric Boogaloo. Me neither. It's just just a spin off series. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Code Red. What I'm talking about is spin off. I'm talking about uh, Believe All Women, Uh which really did damage to me in my story. Okay, well, let's let's get into that if you feel comfortable talking about it. Um. Well, for me, my story is that I was just uh, fundamentally abused as a young child Mm -hmm. and um, wasn't able to develop. Um, And uh, I I had a horrific experience of uh, sexual abuse from my mother. Mm. And uh, that uh, really, that role, you know, and that was at a young age, at six years old. And uh, that just completely changed my outlook. I didn't understand. I didn't know, like, uh, about the inside of my body. I didn't know what it looked like. I wasn't, like, told about things. I was told things were none of my business. Mm. So I crafted this way to just kind of, like, know what was going on for myself. Mm -hmm. 
and um, was having horrific nightmares. Um, all through, all throughout life, or uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, gruesome ones. Oh with, my god! You know, because of my trauma, like yeah. the I was replaying the feelings yeah. in my dreams, so they were. Um, it made me very unpopular on the playground, <laughs> the things that I would say. Yeah. And it completely isolated me from being a child, you know. And mm. I didn't get to have a childhood. I felt completely different yeah. than women. Mm. Mm. Um, and I developed a safe male identity inside myself in order to go through life. Really? Yeah, as wow. I have a very, I have, I think I have a very complicated and interesting story, but mm-hmm. um, the way is that I, something you still feel? Or do you do you like? Yeah, I've I feel like I'm really coming uh, this year. I've done a lot of realizations. Mm-hmm. And I've spent the the whole year like pretty much by myself, just reflecting and trying to mm-hmm. put it all together. Like yeah. that meme about you know, it's <laughs> it's Charlie from Sunny, and then uh, that guy uh, from the office. <laughs> Mixed together. Oh, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. What you, is it? You probably know the meme the I'm talking about. I can't, everywhere. you know, I can't believe I'm trying to verbally describe memes. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so how did that, how did that play into the, uh, believe all women? Movement? Um, so that, um, just fundamentally isolated me from women and, um, I didn't trust them because that was my mother. All right. through my life, people are telling me, but it's your mother. We think you should forgive your mother and go on mm-hmm. living like a woman and, you know, be a daughter. And, you know, I just, from the beginning of my life, did not think that the rules of life applied to me the same as they did to other women. Hmm. I wasn't a woman inside. And I, I never had virginity to protect. Mm-hmm. So I, I just went about life from the beginning a different way. Yeah. And so um, when the uh, stories started coming out, um, people started um, explicitly ex- explaining the the uh, trauma that they felt. That was what I empathized with. And it dragged up those feelings in me, those stories. And then I saw my friends uh, posting this stuff on the internet it was just like being beaten in my face like on the news feed and on facebook Mm -hmm. and um and then i saw how people i knew um in my life were taking sides of it and arguing about it and i saw what they said and um i saw what they thought about people getting over their trauma i saw what they thought about you know white white feminism versus, uh, you know, it's very complicated and sensitive. <laughs> yeah. But it, I saw so many comments that literally re-traumatized me. Oh, man. So um, I've been in therapy. I've been a huge proponent of my own recovery in therapy yeah. for since I was 13, and I couldn't even decide that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been fighting and fighting to get the therapy and medication that I need. And on the internet, I'm being told it's my responsibility as a matter of public safety to get my problems taken care of, get the help I need. Hmm. Um, it's so just for a, you, the whole the whole thing, it wasn't like 
something you connected with it it felt more like a kind of bringing back the trauma yeah brought back all the ideas and while um we were hearing these accounts of a bad date from aziz ansari Mm -hmm. i heard that and i'm like well gosh my thing sounds a lot worse than this and this woman's traumatized and i you know that's what i said but how dare I say something like that right, <laughs> on yeah. the internet? I can't say that out loud. Hmm. But it just feels like, you know, people are look, you know, looking for things that were... And I'm sitting there with explosive trauma issues that I'm having a hard time controlling. Hmm. And, you know, it's just like they're telling me also, right, why don't right. I think about someone who's been actually raped? Hmm. And that's been very, you know, I think what I need is for people to start taking responsibility for their mouths and what it's done to me. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the downsides of the movement uh, was that a lot of it seemed to trivialize real incidents like that. I think there was a lot of stuff that you read about and saw and you were like, is this the same level as what we were talking about before or is everybody just tossing their hat in the ring at this point, you know? And it's very sensitive to where they, uh, it spirals. And, you know, somebody will, they'll, people will just be trying to argue and then mm-hmm. get on top of each other. And and, and so did you, did you feel like you, you upset a lot of people? Like, did they? Oh, yeah. Because I, cause you, you talked back? You said something back? Yeah, well, I've been uh, raised in social media to have the conversation because that's important and visibility is important. Right, yeah. And... And, you know, there's intersectionality and also, what's that other one? I'm very manic right now. It's okay. <laughs> um, it helps well, me get a lot of information out really fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, you, you sound great. Um, thanks for telling us all that. It's, you know, Thank you for letting for, me share. <laughs> yeah, sure. Anytime. Um, Diana, any thoughts? It's Yeah, I feel like... Um, People get very easily butthurt on the internet, mm-hmm. and I mean because it's a it's a space where you can say anything in semi anonymity, right? And um, the fact that everyone's trauma is their trauma and is maybe deeply personal, we can't judge each other's trauma. So, like, I don't understand why someone would say this girl's issues are worse than your issues because I I don't know and it's I, a matter of how it affects you. Yeah, and I don't I don't I can't say I can't say um you know because my, my trauma is horrible yours doesn't matter. Mm. I can't I can't see where people would do that and I mean that's just a matter of people being assholes on the internet and um, I found I mean I guess it was a different experience for me where I found a place of everybody being like oh okay this I'm not alone I I understand we all have these traumas some are worse than others but they're something that unites us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um what do you think was do you think there's been a uh backlash um <clears throat> has it become 
something where people have changed on the internet, you think? Like people act differently now? I like I get the sense that it's a little bit different than it used to be. Like I as far as like all the butthurt and people just being nasty to each other, has that changed at all or am I just not I think people are starting anymore? to like get together a little bit and just calm their attitudes a right. little bit. Like they realize how dumb they sound when they're like, Excuse me, <laughs> ma'am, you dropped your hat. Your I wonder if it just takes your privilege is showing. <laughs> I wonder if it takes like time just to for people to adjust like it just seems not real at first but we're like so immersed in it now that it's starting to feel more like real life or something yeah i also have seen a greater polarization so mm. like is staying with like You're yeah we're starting yeah. to starting to weed out the it's people segregation too mm -hmm. people are starting to weed out the people who don't have right, the same right. opinions or yeah. have the same ideas as them and yeah i mean it's really become like a cancel culture thing yeah. happening yeah it is i've been I, talking back at cancel culture and ever since i felt like i just took that on myself you know like what mm. if i was the cancel and i do feel like i have a problematic male soul inside me hmm. um and i just like i really related to a couple of you know, men that were um, getting uh, swept up in this too. Like I had a couple of friends who were like uh, felons and <laughs> not popular with the women. And they told me, just cut him out of your life. But I'm like, where's he going to go? Do you think he's going to stop? <laughs> like hmm. the thing is like, get, you got to like include them and find the best things in them. Yeah. I mean, what, what is the, there is something to be said for people trying to get better, right? Like, yeah. Like, I've been trying to... I feel like I've been trying to fight out of that alongside all the problematic canceled men. I feel mm -hmm. like I'm male, a male ally, and that's part of the reason why I got this penis tattooed on my finger. <laughs> that's a tattoo? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a, it's a very... It's an important symbol for me. Yeah, yeah. But, and I don't care if anyone sees it, because who's going to see my hand anymore? Right. All right, well, let's read another one here. Um, this is from Brad Weller, Martinsburg, West Virginia. Um, I think there is a dark side to hashtag movements because it hasn't allowed for redemption yet. Activism is supposed to make us better people overall by highlighting negative and wrong behavior to make those doing it see that they are wrong and to prevent others from doing it. However, the final step of that process is allowing for redemption for those that admit fault and see the errors in their ways. That hasn't been allowed for yet. So for all we have seen is calls to cancel everything the person that ever has done was currently doing or would po possibly do. It's good to have anger or improper behavior, but those driving these movements seem to have an anger that cannot be satisfied enough to allow for forgiveness, healing, and redemption. It's just all anger and destruction at this point. So I, get, I guess we were just talking about like redemption do you think I, – I get the sense with, with some of these guys. Like with Louis C.K., if, if he had just been like, yeah, that's a thing that I do. Maybe I shouldn't do that and, you know, like just apologized and, and you know. Yeah. So do you think he would have been redeemed then? Well, I didn't want to hear about that. Like when somebody yeah. told me, you know, it's like – what can I do and why am I hearing about this? You know, I understand that, like, 
people do want to bring down the, the people. And, you know, they could have just said, you know, Louis C.K. did something and I kept, they could have kept the entire investigation to itself. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the whole country doesn't need to weigh in on it because they can't do anything. It's just pornography. Hmm. What do you think, Diana? Um, I think, yeah, he... he there was a way, I, I don't know what it is, but there was most definitely a way he could have redeemed himself. And um, I mean, I, I don't know what, they, what it would be, but mm -hmm. definitely like if he had gone about it in a different way and... Right. And... Well, it seemed like yeah. for, for him, he was kind of like pretending to like kind of telling himself that he got consent, you know? Yeah. But he was like kind of putting people in positions where they were that they didn't really have a fair, you know, a fair choice. Yeah. And I don't know if he would have just been like, yeah, I'm, I shouldn't do that. You know, like I'm I'm telling myself I get consent, but it's really not cool. You know, um, I don't know. Did he attain enthusiastic consent and a <laughs> uh, signature on yeah. that? You know, <laughs> it's like, where's the proof? There's like, you know evidence proof mm -hmm. evidence based proof yeah and true. then there's testimony based mm -hmm. circumstantial and you know yeah. it's, it's all reliant on a bias in the end you know you might as well not even really look for the facts in it just you know you gotta like believe who you believe you know it's a sense of who you believe mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying about the whole thing. I don't understand why that had to become a big public spectacle, spectacle as opposed to just between him and whoever was involved. Yeah, but if you're in the public eye like that, I mean, it's you yeah. gotta expect things like yeah, that. Yeah, that it would blow up like that. But in terms of redemption, I mean, the fun in these movements is like the whatever the guy's name that just confesses. It's about destruction. It's about tearing somebody down. It's like a mob mentality. Oh yeah, so there's yeah. no fun in allowing somebody to redeem themselves right, in right. public there's not that's not you know once you apologize and that's probably part of the reason why he didn't mm. um even if he was remorseful is that when you're being attacked like that by that mob mentality yeah once you apologize that's like blood in the water mm -hmm. and they swarm even more once you give an inch they go and but blah, blah, blah. i think if you i think if you're up front with it then people aren't that bad because it's like if you're kind of denying it or hiding it and all the speculation and stuff builds up and then he admits to it, I think that's when people are going to swarm. But if you're just from the beginning, just like, uh, you know, I'm not perfect. Maybe I shouldn't do this or that, you know. I think people hate when you uh, take responsibility for something that they're trying to call you out on yeah, and destroy yeah. you for. Yeah, I mean, I've experienced that personally because mm -hmm. I've lost all my friends in the last two years, but yeah. the ones I also had to cut out and realize their intentions the whole time. Yeah. Um, but that's what I found is people just relentlessly put you in a role that mm -hmm. they need to validate them. Mm. Yeah, I wish people would just be more honest, like... I have my flaws, you know, like I'm not perfect. I've always felt very strong. Well, not always, probably since somewhere in my AA recovery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I yeah, no, for, for me, to that's uh, those two haunted letters. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's, you know, like um, 
that that actually has been a big part of learning that it's you know being honest about myself including all my bs is like the best thing possible i can do but a lot of people didn't get that book on life yeah you know to to be even able to weed out the things that they keep and things that i know that's whenever people always like tell me i'm a good guy and stuff and i'm like am i i feel like i'm doing the bare minimum but i think the difference is like everybody's hiding these skeletons that they refuse to you know what i mean it seems like people have it's anything built on the ego right yeah i think think a really good example of um this the cancel culture not canceling someone was with justin trudeau and Mm. his blackface um scandal because it was a long time ago he admitted it was probably not the smartest thing for him to do and mm-hmm. his record as the prime minister of canada has proven that he is you know not a racist he's mm-hmm. not a sexist he's he is for all of these rights and mm-hmm. and legislating you know equality in his country so it was a visual, uh, I'm sorry, a visible redemption. Like we, so certain people are stuck on the, oh, he he wore blackface Mm -hmm. like three times back when he was in college or when he was younger. But to look at his record now, it it may not necessarily erase that he did that, but it shows an evolution. That's how people learn is by making mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I do it. I go out and seek for mistakes. I'm like, Somebody says, don't get a dick tattooed on your finger. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but also, I think... If that dick that tattoo jumped off of a bridge... <laughs> I already, You know, it's like... No, I forgot. There's an episode oh, no, of... The, oh. I, I saw a meme. It was like all these people were problematic in the beginning. Gandhi. And I read a biopic of, like, St. Francis. It was like a fan fiction. And... um. He was a playboy. He was mm. he was a thief, you know, and that's how he got to be. Learn the lessons on yeah. how to be good. I'm just waiting for Mr. Rogers' scandal to break. You know, there's got to be <laughs> something there somewhere. Right? There's got to be something there. It's not gonna happen. He's protected, but let me tell you, <laughs> when I was 16, I was like calling him a pervert because I didn't understand. I was like. This guy just wears a sweater and has children. <laughs> so you over. thought Mr. Rogers should be canceled. He's got a little Neverland ranch up in, <laughs> you know. And I, yeah. what's he doing with those shoes after he takes them off? You know, I imagined that. You know, but I was a 16-year-old girl and I was angry and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but somebody out there still is. Right. Yeah, that's true. One of very relevant, the thing that everybody seems to be debating about right now, it's not about sexual abuse, but animal abuses with the Michael Vick situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's on different sides of the fence on that. Some people are saying, look, the guy, he was taken out of the NFL, went to jail, served his time, if so facto. He's out of jail. Um, so is he redeemed? Like, mm-hmm. is he allowed to be, like, the captain of whatever pro event they're doing in the NFL? And a lot of people don't want to see him in that position but it's kind of goes back to the same argument as me. Like certain people don't think that you should be allowed to vote if you're an, an ex-felon. And other people are like, look, man, the guy went to jail, served right. his time. And and in the eyes of society, you serve your time and you you've repented. Mm-hmm. You've repented for whatever you did. And now you're back. You're you're a full citizen again. So 
I feel like a lot of the same people that would say that in that situation are the same people who are like, Michael Vick should never get another job again. And it's like, yeah, the stuff that he did was terrible. But if we're going to have this idea of redemption in society, supposedly, where you mm. go to jail and you serve your time, then there has to be with some type of a understanding that when you do serve your time, that you're, you are redeemed, mm. you know? Mm. And those same people are okay with how many domestic abusers in the NFL. Exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? If somebody, if someone serves their debt to society, do you think, you know, and they, they, they express that they're remorseful or whatever? I am willing. I'm, I'm here and willing to give, mm-hmm. give everyone a, a fair chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean... The best amends is changed behavior. Yeah, if, unless yeah. unless they go right up and do something dickish again, right, and then right. I'm like, nope, I'm you know I had in my heart right, you had right. that chance. Well, what's what's the line though? Is there anyone that there's just like no way? Like if Bill Cosby just admitted everything and was like, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, like. Well, you got to. I mean, the idea that you can go to jail for ten years for murder is ridiculous. I feel like as long like if you if you like rape somebody murder somebody those in my opinion should be like life's life things mm-hmm. so in theory you would never get out of jail to well, have to deal with all e- the aspects even of- even if bill cosby's in jail for the rest of his life if he like did a big repentant you know like i'm so sorry i'm gonna donate all my money to you know helping women who have been abused or you know just did like a full-on you know, apology, and I'm gonna, I've, I'm gonna so change it's like my life. Like the Grinch group, heart group, three sizes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, it's like got to come yeah. through in a, uh, an about as equal of an action. And does he have time for that on this planet too from little, behind bars? I mean, he's got to act right in that. You know, in that spirit of being a changed person. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you know he has time for that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel like why not just admit it at this point, though, too, you know? like Yeah, that's the worst part is the denial. Just try to the repent denial at least for yourself. The denial is built and built and you know? built. You right, know, this yeah. is the ego. Yeah, what do you People think, People try to protect themselves, and my mother does that, and she, I live with her every day. Mm-hmm. It's calling someone on, you know, this year I, I, was, I uh, brought up that I want to talk about my PTSD with her. She refused. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the denial, and people tell me to forgive her, but she hasn't asked for it, and she hasn't done mm-hmm. uh, anything that I've expressed would help me to forgive her. Has she done any? Has she tried anything to to make amends? Or she's a, just she's just a horrible person to talk to, and that's the real reason I'm getting out of Baltimore. Yeah, I hear. You. I don't. She's. I've decided they're just gross people. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be one of them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um but is there is there a like for me it sounds like your mom doesn't even want to be forgiven or acknowledges that there is a problem or anything. Exactly. And my dad uh totally co-signs yeah. that. Which I feel like I had a thing. They don't understand psychiatry mm-hmm. or but the thing is they have been uh, completely negligent of my mental health and well-being mm-hmm. from the beginning. They mm-hmm. didn't understand. They're yeah. animals. <laughs> My dad's a raccoon. I don't know. <laughs> Crash panda. Um, yeah, I had a realization recently that, like, I not that my situation is anywhere in the same ballpark as yours, but uh, where I realized it was, like, okay to be angry with someone and just be like, I don't like that person, and I think what they did was really messed up. 
and not just constantly be trying to find my part in it, you know, or like trying to like just keep my side of the street clean. Not that I'm going to do anything, but I do feel like there comes a time when it's like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and hate that person and I'm, I'm not going to like go, you know, break their car window or anything. But if anyone asks, I'm going to be like, yeah, I really don't like that person and this is why. I just want to add that this year I um, told my therapist I was really thinking about killing my mother mm. and uh then i went to the psych ward after that mm. it was because i you know i was i was doing something responsible by telling them instead of right, actually right, doing yeah. it yeah. <laughs> and i was like you know you better get a police to esca- escort me there just in case i really don't wow and uh so i just i signed up for that whole experience mm-hmm. You know, but I was uh, I was just insane with frustration mm-hmm. at her just inability to make any effort. I asked her to read these two articles on Facebook about PTSD that I found that would help her explain a little bit of what she'd done to me. Mm-hmm. And she refused. Hmm. Well... Let's uh, let's get to the last confession here. This one is from uh, Ian McDavid, Baltimore, Maryland. Hashtag movements are good for amplifying messages, I think. In my opinion, the culture war is fought primarily online and directly, or perhaps indirectly, affects policy and vice versa. I don't think it's worthless, but it often seems a genuine political action when it's not. Um... So, yeah, I guess, you know, can hashtag movements affect actual policy? And should they? I don't know. I feel like they, they kind of, it's kind of like more like a viral thing like that. Right after, there was some shooting recently within the past year or two where, like, it became the, this big movement that all these high school kids, like, didn't go to school that day and, like, right. showed up somewhere. And everybody was saying, like, oh, we can, like, are they really going to be able to, because it was like planned out for like a week and everybody mm. was like, are we really going to be able to organize an event this big? This would be the biggest event ever organized in history among kids and this, that, the other thing. Right. And I was just sitting there thinking like, of course they're going to organize it. Of course they're going to be able to make it happen. One event mm-hmm. on Twitter and Facebook and getting everybody behind it, Instagram, making a meme out of it, like like a raid area 51. That's easy these days. You can mm. do that. It all becomes like a meme and viral and stuff like that. What they're not going to be able to do is sustain it mm-hmm. because we live in a culture that's so fast moving right. that it's just the the issue du jour and everybody gets pissed off yeah, and all yeah. motivated by this. About it. And then it's on to the next thing. Yeah, so it's like, true. yeah, they all had this million kid march over here and the women's march over there. But it's like, I do. Nothing's happening. I do kind of feel like the Me Too movement stuck a little bit more than other kind of flash in the pan social media things. Yeah. Like Coney and like, uh, you know, just like all those things that pop Coney up. Coney was like the first re. I feel like that was like the prototype. Yeah. That was like the prototype, like uh, manufactured outrage mm-hmm. thing that they like tested on the public. They, I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Manufactured outrage. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. It was bullshit. Nobody cared before it and nobody cared after it. It was just during that yeah. one day, it was cool to care about. I'm of two minds with, with that kind of thing. It's like media in general that influences policy. I. On the one hand, I do think 
the awareness that media has allowed us has made the world better, you know? Like, once people started seeing videos of war victims and concentration camps and things like that, um, you know, really made people kind of look, see how horrible war actually was and things like that. But also, the media also reports a lot of stupid stuff that that gets people riled up and... Yeah. It's the wording of it too. Like mm-hmm. the, you know, there's there's words that have been co-opted by uh, sides of the fence. Like the yeah. word inherently. Where do you think that just got, you know, just blown out of proportion, just used in everything? It's because they're passing along the same articles, and they see that word inherently in there and think it sounds smart. Right. And now they're trying to sound smart. Toxic. But all the end yeah. of the thing that. <laughs> I'm very scrambled right now. But the thing is, (laughs) um, people are using the movements to raise awareness for themselves. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. My friend had a good point with that where, like, I was kind of, like, expressing how, you know, it's it's kind of annoying when when it's like some people have been acting decently for a long time and then all of a sudden it's cool and then they want a, a reward for, like, jumping onto this, you know, being a decent human being thing because it's cool. But at the same time, it's like there could be worse trends. You know, it's like if it's cool to, like, be a decent human, like, that's can't really complain about that. Well, well, the problem is, is that, that the way that they're making themselves feel like decent human beings is by making other people terrible human beings. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. it's not Tearing even down built, the patriarchy. Yeah, it's not even built on this idea of like I'm just going to be a good person. I don't care if anybody knows it. I'm going to live my right, life right. and I'm going to do the right thing and that's my character. Mm-hmm. But there's other people who are like, "Oh, it's cool to be a good person, right. but I'm not really a good person. I'm kind of a shitty person, but I can make myself appear better than that yeah, guy absolutely. by calling that guy out for being a shittier person." Right, yes. right. Yeah. And that's what it really yeah, is. That's so that, a huge yeah. thing. Yeah, what do you think, Diana? I I totally agree that um I I know internet know some people who are like hardcore social justice warriors and mm. have been for years and um you know that's just the space they inhabit yeah. and then there are the people who are like I'm going to glom onto them and 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 constantly be look what I did look what I did look mm. what I did look mm. look at how great of a person I am and they to get the right, the yeah. accolades from these like they Hardcore. want civil rights leader on their tombstone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, then, and and so and then and and I appreciate those people because they're doing a lot of really hard work that you know to bring awareness to issues that most of us don't even see or I mean with our I'll say privilege um, we don't experience every mm-hmm. day and so for them to be there pointing out saying okay this you don't see this happen to me every day. Mm-hmm. And um, so I appreciate that, but I'm, I, I kind of, um, like I appreciate the fact that there's a lot more kindness happening now, but I also, like, we're not giving you a cookie for it. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, just do it. Right. Don't, I mean, yeah. don't throw the hashtag on your, your post to mm-hmm. make people... Like give you accolades. Yeah. Oh, you know what I saw that annoyed the heck out of me was this this woman I used to know. She posted a picture of uh, a heart drawn on her windshield by a squeegee boy. 
and she posted that, and everybody liked it who knew that she must have given that guy a dollar. No, they always huh. they only do that when you don't give them money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they show right. hearts on yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> that's been my experience too. Aw, <laughs> but they are nice people. Look at them. Yeah, come to Baltimore. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming by, Adrian. Thank you so much for letting me share and of course, you know, thanks for sharing that all off that with my us. chest. Yes, sure, thank sure. You. Anytime. Um, we certainly appreciate you being so honest and telling us your story and everything. Um, thank you, Diana, for yeah. co-hosting, and thank you, Jimmy, for producing, and thank you, Mike, for all the wonderful <laughs> activism work you do. You know. I appreciate it. <laughs> Hashtag All right. Mike. That's right. Thanks for listening to the confessional, everybody. We will see you next time.